Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifted you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. We celebrate Baptism Sunday. We don't, we're not shy. We're not quiet. We, it, it's Baptism Sunday! We got a couple people that are going to be getting baptized this this morning. Uh, we, the pool is ready. It is cold, so you can't you can't do baptisms without cold water. Right? You know what I'm talking about? We we use a tap. We use a tap. This ain't Fiji water, right? Amen. But we we're excited um, it, it, that you are here. Listen, I am a dad as well. My son right now is playing soccer. Um, a lot of our kids play soccer together. They're tied two to two right now. Elijah has two goals. All right, Elijah. Elijah has two goals, and I'm going to shout him out because I have the mic, okay? I have the mic. He has two goals, so if you see me looking at my phone, I'm not rude. I'm just a dad trying to preach and be a dad at the same time, but it's going to be an amazing time, but it's 2-2 right now, so pray, God, let the other team don't score. Amen. I know they're seven or eight, but let them lose in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Listen, I'm so excited about this series that we started um, last week. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Um, uh, if you're new here, my name is Eric. I'm the pastor here. Me and my wife um, launched this church about two years ago, and um, God has honored um, the sacrifice. And, I mean, God is doing miracles in this place. He's doing miracles. The worship was all. Give it up for this worship team. They're doing an awesome time. As we're talking about worship team, we're, 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 we, we, listen, I know some people are like, hey, you know, we, we like the music, but guess what? We like musicians as well. So if you know how to play an instrument and you've been holding on that, um, it's the time to show up, all right? We're looking for musicians. So if you, if you know how to play an instrument, and there's people that know how to play an instrument and then play instrument, okay? We're looking for the playing instrument kind of people, all right? So that's just a little plug that we're praying for people, for God to open those doors for people to come in and um, be a part of what's going here. But it's the most wonderful time of the year. It is basically Christmas. It is basically Christmas. Who celebrates Thanksgiving? It's just, a, it's just a time to eat, okay? Thanksgiving is good, all right? But um, we took the opportunity uh, with this massive hurricane that just hit us um, to really come, uh, the tropical storm, to really take out the Christmas stuff. Put the fall stuff away. The pumpkins are gone. You know, it's time to get Christmas. Who likes to decorate their, do decoration for Christmas? Or who's already decorated for Christmas? All right. Yes, yes, you guys go. Who's waits to like November to decorate for Christmas? We'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. All right, because Christmas is already happening in Oliveira's household. We already put the, the Whitney, uh, Mariah Carey went on and the trees came on and it, it was good. We have like 75 trees at our house because my, my wife goes on Pinterest. That's why. All right, so, um, but it's the most wonderful time to We started a series last week called Leftovers and we talked about how to live the life that God's called us to live in the abundance. He calls us to live an abundant life. And how do we do that? And we've been highlighting this miracle that Jesus did um, with, the, with the loaves and the fishes. We've been dissecting it and kind of getting some truth and some revelations from this verse, from this miracle that is a very known miracle that Jesus did, one of the greatest miracles that he did, taking loaves and fishes and, and feeding um, thousands of people. And we've been going over this leftover, the law of the leftover that was going into Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. And it says, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. 
there's a blessing attached to your giving. Giving's not all about monetary things. Giving's not all about just the money, the possessions. No, giving is a heart condition that we have to operate in that Jesus himself shows us through this miracle. Sometimes we kind of go past these miracles. We learn about these miracles in Sunday school and different areas, and we kind of just don't get to the meat of what Jesus really did, and we just see the surface level. But in reality, there's so much nuggets that he dropped into these miracles more than just surface, but deeper in Revelation. And that's what we're trying to highlight. We're going to be highlighting some main ideas that Jesus shows us through this, um, through this miracle, and can give us new revelation of what the abundance God has called us to live in. Because in John chapter 10, verse 9 through 11 says this, I am the door. If anyone enters, enters by me, he will, get, he will be saved and will go in and out, find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And I have gained that you may have, have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. This is, the, this is the passage that we're talking about, this abundant life that God has for us. And in this passage, we see Jesus um, showing us two things, what and the how, and how he views us in our life of how he wants us to operate in. And we also see in this verse how the enemy in the middle of that comes and kills, steals, and destroys. So there's a place in your life where God can be blessing you, but the enemy's fighting you even more. See, we believe that because God is blessing, the enemy is just waiting for God not to, to stop blessing you. But when God is blessing, when you're living in the abundance, you better keep your eyes open because the enemy is going to come. It says it clearly. I come to give you life and give that life abundantly. But what does the next verse says? It says, but the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy we have to know that when life, when God gives us the abundant life, that we have to open our eyes to also see the enemy's going to try to attack us. But that doesn't mean that the life that God has for us is not abundant. Abundant life is not us away from problems. No, it's saying, hey, we're in the problem, but the problem doesn't have us because my source is not me. My source is not my resources. My source is him. That's a different kind. That's where peace comes in. That's where joy, that's where thoughts past our understanding comes in. Because the world operates in their own humanity, we operate in the spirit. And the spirit of God calls us to live a life of abundance. So we're going to go to the, we're going to go into the miracle again and kind of read through it. We kind of started it last week and we're going to kind of get another part of the passage and see what God has for us today. Let's go to John chapter 6, verse 8 through 11. 8 through 11, it says this. Another of his disciples named Andrew, Simon's Peter, a brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two fish. But how far they, uh, will they go among the many? He's basically telling Jesus, hey, G Jesus, we found something, but what I found is not good enough. I see thousands. I have a couple pieces of bread. So this is what Andrew is telling Jesus. Hey, this is not going to go well. And Jesus answered him, have the people sit down. There's plenty of grass in this place. And they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. That's just counting the men. 
There was also women. There was also children. There was way more than that. So just in, in men, there were 5,000. And then in, in verse 11, it says, Jesus then took the loaves and gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted and did the same with the fish. The main idea that we spoke about last week was this. God asks what we have. The main idea for today is this. God will use what we give. God will use what we give. See, it talks about these five barley loaves. What is barley? Barley is usually regarded to kind of the lowest of flour, the lowest of food. Matter of fact, they use barley loaves it was and back in those days usually was not for um, for human consumption it meant for the animals so it shows that this boy was not very wealthy he he had barley loaves that means that he was very he was probably in a poor state this was kind of the only thing he had his mom probably packed this lunch and it wasn't the best of the best it was barley loaves. They kind of they kind of just threw that out there. But if we don't understand the context of it, we miss the thing. We we look at this boys just chilling, going going just day to day. No, this was a poor boy. This is a poor boy, and what he had in his possession was all he had, was all he had. And God tells, uh, and and he, they're looking around for food, and this boy has it. See, the abundant life that God determines for us is not about how much we have. It's about how much we give. Let, let, me, let me tell you that real fast. Because there, we live in a culture, is, it's about how much you have gives you the worth that you have. And that's not what the kingdom of God says. The kingdom of God says is not about your possessions. Yeah, you might have much, but that doesn't identify you. What identifies you is your heart of surrender, your heart of obedience, what you can give to God and his kingdom. See, God uses each and every one of us in this way. And there's three things I want to highlight in this, in this passage that we need to learn about what Jesus did. This is not what the disciples did or other people. Let's see what Jesus did as he receives this boy's lunch. The first thing we see this is number one. Jesus observes what we give. Jesus observed what, he, what we give. In, in the Bible, there talks about this concept of when, when the farmers were going to, to get their crops, their, their new crops, their first crops, that Jesus, that, that God called them to give their first fruits, the best fruits of their crops. The best, that's where we get, kind of get some of the tithing and, and, the, um, and the concept of that is the first. Jesus wanted, the, God wanted the first of what they had. And the first of what they had wasn't for them to give the best. It was to give their, to show their condition of their heart. Because the first is usually the best. But Jesus says this. Jesus says, if you want to operate, because we're called Christians, that means Christ-like. That means we need to operate as Jesus did. If you want to operate as I do, it's not about the, it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. It's about the quality of the thing. And most of that is revolved around our hearts. There's two things that you don't talk about people with. You don't talk about their family, and you don't start talking about their money. And some politics, too. You know what I'm talking about, too, all right? There's three things that you, in any, when you, go to, when you get to the holidays and you get the family around, you have that one uncle. You have that one aunt. 
that, that, that lives their life on Facebook, that everything they see on Facebook is true. And it's like, hey, no, no, somebody just, it's, it's fake news, you know, all that stuff. And they just want to talk to you about what's going on and everything. And like, you're, you're trying to explain to them that somebody probably posted that, it's probably not true. And they're like, no. It's true. It's on Facebook. It's like, if you think it's on Facebook, if you think it's on Google, it has to be true. But the reality is this. Jesus looks at this. He looks at this. It said that he took the bread. He took the bread. It is not about, he didn't look at the bread and say, oh, this is not enough. Who said that? Andrew said that. Andrew, in his humanity, looked at what was in Jesus's hand and said, Jesus, This ain't going to work. But when Jesus looked at it, he said, hey, I can do it. I can do much with this. See, it's different as we talked last week. It's not about who it's not about what we give It's about whose hands is it in. When it's in Jesus's hand, man, many things can happen. But let's talk about the boy. Let's talk about the boy. Because the boy, if I was the boy and I have barley loaves, that means I'm in a poor state. That means I don't have much. If, I, if there's a disciple coming around me and, and they're looking for food and I'm the only one to have food and I have these little bit of fish and, and, and bread, I will probably give one piece of bread. I, I have to feed my family I have to I have to eat tomorrow, so I'm just gonna keep one. Hey, you can have one, but I'm gonna keep two. Oh no, no, no. You can have two pieces of bread, but I have to keep the fish. There wasn't a dialogue in the mindset of the boy of how much to give. The only thing he was thinking about, Jesus needs it, so I need to give. See, that's what we have to learn. And we've lost this in the church. It's like, you know, Jesus wants to do great things in your life, but okay, but can I do it only on Tuesday? Can I do it only on Sunday? Like, like I know that we have small groups on Wednesday, and I know that, that we, we're feeding the community, but, but it, it, it revolves around my TV show, so God, I can't do it because I'm, I'm just, it's just too real today. The boy didn't have a mindset of how much to give. His mindset was, I'm willing to give. So in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, and to live in the abundance that Jesus has for us, we have to have an all-in mentality. There has to be an all-in mentality. Let's look at our tithe and our offering. Let's, you want to talk about money. Tithe and offering, if I was Jesus, I'd be like, hey, you give me the 90 and, 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 and you keep the 10. But what does he say? Give me the 10 and you keep the 90. Because what he can do with 10. But what do we do? Well, I can't give my 10 because I have this and the kids need shoes. Hey, the kids are always going to need shoes. But, the, 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 but it's the operation of the heart that matters. See, I don't, as a church, I'm going to tell you this. I don't, I don't need your money. The church don't, we, we will like it because it makes us operate. But I know the God that I serve, and it doesn't revolve around if you give or not. If you give, you're part of the bigger blessing. But you don't hold me hostage to what the blessing God has for us. 
Because the blessing that God has for us, it doesn't matter if I give, you give. It, it, it's his kingdom. It's his church. This is not my church. This is his church. But I'm here to tell you, as your pastor, if you give, there's a blessing attached to it. There's a principle attached to it. And I'm not here to just say, hey, we're not. I know that the church and the people, the pastors or whatever you want to call them, they, they've used money. Yes, so has everyone. We kind of put this mask on the church and be like, oh, I, I, they're bad people. But guess what? They steal your money in the bank. I'm not God. He's God. I'm a human. I'm going to fail you. But the reality is when I'm operating in obedience with him, it's not about me. Don't look at me as your savior. He's your savior. I'm just here to point, point you to him. See, we need to start operating in the heart of abundance, and the heart of abundance is not wrapped around money. It's wrapped around your heart. I can tell people where their heart is and their condition of their heart is with their finances. If they're reluctant to give, it's not judge stop judging me. I'm not judging you. It's what the Bible says. And matter of fact, the Bible judges you. We don't look at the Bible and be like, oh, this feels great. Thank you, God. I read the Bible, I'm like, I don't like you right now, Jesus. Why are you coming at me like this? The Bible's supposed to hurt. It's supposed to offend. Let's put our thick skin on and let's be who God calls us to be. And to live in the abundance of that Jesus has for us, we have to operate in a heart of all in. There's no other way. This, this boy, he said, I'm going to give all in because this is how God operates. Jesus asks for what he desires. We give what Jesus asks and Jesus uses what we give. Let me say that again. Jesus asks what he desires. We give to Jesus what he asks and Jesus uses what we give. It's not this. Jesus asks for what you want because he's a genie in the bottle. And then Jesus would, would ask your permission at what time you want to be used and then he'll use it. It don't work that way. I'm sorry if you're a visitor. I'll preach very nice next week, okay? <laughs> we need to know this stuff because we're operating in not the gospel. We're operating in a fake gospel. The gospel is true, and we need to know that we, if we want this abundant life in Christ, we have to operate in the principles of that abundant life. See, the, the, how about this? A shepherd boy had a sling. In the natural, it couldn't slay a giant. But David said, hey, this is all I have. And Jesus said, hey, guess what? You're going to be victorious. How about the, the lady that just had flour and oil and, and, and Elijah came to her house and she said, this is all I have. I'm going to give it all. And, and Elijah blessed it and the oil kept on flowing because it was all in. How about a poverty, uh, a poverty stricken virgin from Bethlehem said, God, use my body, use all of me. And the Messiah came forth. You see, in the kingdom of God, the abundant life, it takes an all-in sacrifice. And this boy, this little boy, operated in this mindset. If Jesus asked for it, I will give my all. 
and we need to operate. And it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality of sacrifice that we freely give in. Number two, this is what Jesus did. The key that opens the door. So now that we know we need to operate in this, what is that key? What is that thing that we saw Jesus do in this moment that opens the door to the blessing? Because before the, before the loaves and the fishes were multiplied, Jesus did something that just passes right through. I love that he just dropped these little things that if you're not looking for it, he's like, you missed it. He's like hiding there. Let's read it. He says, he says, and Jesus took the bread and he what? Gave thanks. We, we skip that because we know Jesus gives thanks all the time. But this is Jesus. This is the savior of the world. This is the Messiah. This is the chosen one. The one that made blind eyes to see, the deaf to hear, the lame to walk, the, the one that walked on water, the one that takes nothing, that is nothing and makes it into something. And he said he took the, the barley bread that was meant for the animals. That was a poor state. And he looked at it. He blessed it and gave thanks for the bread. If I'm holding a piece of bread and some fish that are, I'm not like, thank you, God. If I'm holding a steak from, from Burns Steakhouse, and I'm, I'm like, thank you, God. Here's a principle that we miss. Jesus blesses even in the lack. And we need to be thankful even in the lack. That, that there is the key, the key, let, let me see that, that, that thing, Ryan. Here's a lock for our pod, hoping nothing's getting stolen out there. All right. This is a lock. And imagine that on the other side of this lock holds the blessing that you want, holding the provision, the, the prayer that you, you want. So what is the key that's going to open this lock to the abundant life that God has for us. See, sometimes there are keys that fit the lock, but don't open it. There might be seasons where the key fits, but you're not in the right season. There, there, it might wiggle a little bit, and you try to force it. You try to force that season. Well, they did not. You try to force it, but it never opens the abundant life that God has for you. But then there's a key that opens to the lock, and you, it doesn't open, Ryan. It opens it up. Jesus shows us this in this passage. The, the tool, the key that opened the lock to the blessing was a heart of gratitude. Thanksgiving. This is Jesus, the man, the Messiah, took the bread and gave thanks. Sometimes we can't operate in the blessing that God has for us because we curse the season of our lack. And don't understand that life is in process and life just doesn't jump when you need it to jump. We have to understand that he is still God. It said in verse 11, Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks. The two loaves, the fish, the lack. To live in the overflow, 
the leftovers, the, 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 the abundance. We have to have a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving for what he has given us in the small and in the big. It doesn't matter. You cannot expect to be a blessing if you can't be a blessing in the lack. There's some people are like, oh, when I win that Powerball, guess what? The ticket didn't hit for you, sister. You bought, you spent $50 on tickets, and guess what you got? Paper. But if you won, hey, we, we, we talk later. All right? We're so, let me say it like this. Be careful to rush your season of enough. Because maybe... The enough that God has for you, you're not ready for it now. Your character has to grow in the lack. But we curse the lack. God, why aren't you there? God, why aren't you providing? God, what? Da, 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 da. We curse it. But truly, God is in that place. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, it's not ideal. Yeah, it's not what you, what, what you signed up for, but you're here. How are you going to grow out of it? And there's no person you can talk. It's only you got to get on your, on your knees and pray to the God that's controlling your life. Do not curse the lack. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse, uh, verse 18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances. Oh, but, but I only have a couple of dollars in the bank. Guess what? Join the club. But we give thanks. Because there's somebody that has it worse than us. Sometimes we got to get out of our little bubble of like, everything has to be perfect. It's not perfect. We're not perfect. But guess what? We can be consistently going after God. In the lack or not. It says, in all circumstances, for this is the, this is Bible, guys. I wish I wrote this because I'll be, I'll be rich right now. We've been talking about this, all right? Give thanks in. It's all in. In all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for. This is drop the mic. We're done. It's ending online campus. Thank you for joining us. No, this is it. In all things. Give thanks. This is, a, this is a thing we need to learn in, uh, as we operate in the abundance of God. And Jesus shows us in this. He saw this little boy who was insignificant, that had an insignificant thing. And, he, and Jesus, the creator of everything, had all the status, had all the, the reputable um, charisma and everything he had. And he said, guess what? What you had in my hands is enough, and we're going to give thanks for it. I don't know about you. That blew my mind. That means if I have much, I give thanks. If I have less, I give thanks. What I have doesn't, uh, doesn't change the heart that I operate in. It doesn't change. I live a heart of gratitude, of thanksgiving, because this gratitude, a heart of gratitude kills comparison. We live in a comparison world. You get on Instagram and you feel bad about your life in three seconds because they have more than you. They look better than you. They have more money to fix that and do this, and they, they look bad. It's true. We start living a life 
in comparison, and we can't even see God working around us. Because in reality, we feel less of, but there's something that has to fill that void, and it only is Jesus. Comparison will blur the lines of your life of God working in your life. It, it, it will blur the, the, your mindset of God really working. And then you're like, God, why are you so far away? God's like, I'm right here. You just can't see me because you're looking at somebody else. You're comparing your life to somebody else. I have a blessing for them. And, bless, and their blessing is not your blessing. So why are you comparing yourself to them? I didn't create them like you. I created you like you. And comparison will kill our promise, kill what, what we feel God is not doing. But he is there. He is working. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says, but when they measured themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. I'm going to do, this is Eric's version of this verse. When you compare yourself to one another and, and, and compare yourself to one another without understanding, this is my version. I wouldn't say without understanding. That's very political. I'll say it like this. You're dumb. If you compare yourself to one another and, and you measure yourself with one another, he says they're without understanding. Thank you, God. I'm saying you're dumb. Because you are, God has created you, gave you a purpose. He, it says he molded you, created before the foundations of the earth that he created before you even your mother's womb. He is the creator of all. If he decided one, think about this. If he decided one day to, to, to make a, a wasp who we all hate and we're like, why wouldn't you think like he wants to care for you? He's the creator. He created you. God is multiplying around us, but in our mind, we're subtracting his blessing because we're comparing it to things that are not of God. It's the condition of our heart. And when we have a grateful heart and we live a heart of gratitude, he, there's, only, there's not only one option. There's one option that's multiplying things around you. That's living in the abundance that God has for us. And what's the last thing he did as I close? He did this. What you have is valuable. There's this notion around our, our world that you have to have the biggest, the grandest, and if you don't have that, then you're less of. There's too many people, not only teenagers or young adults, there's adults that truly don't know who they are because they're trying to be something that God's never called them to be. And we need to get back to the heart of God and what he's done. There's some of you that God has touched your life 40 years ago and you can't even look at that person anymore because you don't even know who you are now. You can't get back to that heart of surrender because all you think about is what can I do next? How can I get this next job? And all those things are great. I'm not saying they're bad. What I'm saying is without a heart 
that is lined to surrender and gratitude in Christ, your only other option is comparing. Because what God has for you, this is God, is far more, far greater. It says abundantly. Anything else besides the abundant life of Christ is a cheap copycat. Let that sit in. Anything that's not what God has for is just a cheap copycat for your life. We have too many people that are living a cheap copycat for their life. They're not living in the abundance. They're living in the copycat because all they're settling, because to get to the abundance, it takes sacrifice. It takes obedience. It takes us willing to deny ourselves, pick up our cross daily, and follow Jesus. I saw this illustration a couple a couple weeks uh, a couple months ago that I'm going to do here in a minute. But Jesus puts value in what you give. Jesus puts value in what you give. In my hands, a basketball means nothing. You see me play basketball; it's not good. But in the hands of Michael Jordan, it means championships. In the hands of Michael Jordan, it means money. So in the hands of the person that it represents, it brings the value. You can put the same basketball in my hands, worthless. But in MJ's hands, you're like, oh. I'm like, we just bought the same basketball at Walmart. Because the value is in whose hands it is, who autographed it, who touched it. There was, a, there was a glove that just sold from Babe Ruth years and years ago that just sold an auction. $1.3 million. This is the ugliest thing. But somebody paid $1.3 million for a broke glove. Why? It was in the hands of Babe Ruth. That's it. The material wasn't different. The stains were there. It was ugly as it is because those baseball gloves 50,000 years ago were ugly. But just because the name recognition gave it value. But then we look at what we have to give, what we have that the talents and abilities that God's given us, and we look at it as not valuable because it doesn't compare to culture. I saw this the other day. This is a $20 bill. Everybody wants this $20 bill. This is like two little pumps of gas, okay? This, this is going to get you from here to the north side real quick, all right? Especially in your truck. <laughs> but this $20 bill, what is the value of it? 20 bucks. 20 bucks. And it doesn't matter what happens in the world. This is going to be worth 20 bucks. You can buy lunch with it. You can, can't buy much with it, but you can buy something with it. But what if I crumbled it up? What is it worth? 20 bucks. What if I stomp on it? 
What is it worth? You can even rip this thing, put some tape on it. It's still worth what? It doesn't matter what is done with the gift. The value of it comes by who told you the value is. So for us, it's the United States Treasury. And they print a lot of it. It doesn't, but in the regular form, if I just brought a piece of paper up here, which is the same thing, and say, here, go buy you a tank of gas. Ain't gonna get you far, right? Because in my words, the same paper don't matter. But in the U.S. Treasury, doesn't matter what I do to it, it's still worth 20 bucks. The same thing with your gift and God that he's given you. It doesn't matter what hurts you came in with it. It doesn't matter if people even abuse that gift that God has given you. It doesn't matter if you come broken, hurt, disgusted. It doesn't matter. The gift that God has for you has value on it because the creator of the universe said there's value in your life that you are paid with a price. 2,000 years ago, this man came on the cross, died on the cross. He rose again because he given you value. Do not downgrade what God has put value on. Do not put down what God has put value on. He died, he sweat, he bled, he did what he did and he gave value. It doesn't matter what people say about you. It doesn't even matter what hurts you come in with this. The gifts and the abilities that God has for your life and God is operating in your life, do not hoard it back because other people devalued it. Because the creator of the universe has never devalued the gifts, the abilities, the resources that he has given you. It's time for us to stop looking at our value by a screen. It's stop telling our value about what others saying. Our value comes from the creator of the universe. There's nobody that jumped on the cross that would die for my sins but the creator of the universe came down in human flesh and said I am going to take the price of your penalty for your sin because I know the value that I can put in your life and by the hands of God he puts the value on your life so stop listening to the lies Amen. it's a lie if it doesn't say in his word and he's not called you that, stop living the lie. You still have that. Yeah, you might be bleeding a little bit. They might have hurt you, but do not let them take your value. Do not let that person take your value. The only person that gives you value is the savior of the world. And what he did on that cross gives you that value, gives you that ability. So it's time for this. Stop. What if the boy kept the fishes and the loaves in the basket and never used them. He would never be known as the boy with the fishes and the loaves. And there probably wouldn't have been a miracle at that moment. But it was the ability of the boy to say, I have the resources that God can use and I am willing to take it out of my basket. It might not be the timing that God wants for me, it, but I'm willing to take my talents, take my abilities, take my resources and give it to God because in the basket, it's worthless, worthless. But out of the basket and in the hands of God, miracles can happen. Signs and wonders, blessings can happen. It can happen in your life. Stop hoarding your value. 
Your value is what Jesus has given you. And it's time for us to take it out and to use it for his kingdom. Some of us have been church hurt. Use your value even when it hurts. It hurt the boy. He didn't know he was going to, he didn't know Jesus was going to multiply this thing. All he knows is like, I'm not going to eat tomorrow. <laughs> but it's his faith that made the miracle, not only for the boy, but others got blessed. There's a talent, there's an ability that's on the inside of you. It's not even for you. It's for others to be blessed. It's for others to see Jesus. So stop hoarding your gifts. Stop hoarding your blessings in a basket. It is time to get using them. Because you are enough. You are enough. There's some ways that we can, you can use your talents and abilities here. Let's get on a serve team. Let's get in a small group. Stop, stop saying, oh, is it? No, 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 no. It's time now. Now is the time. Because God uses you when you are obedient and sacrificing. Then he can do miracles. It's time for us to use because the abundant life that God has for us, we have to give fully. We have to live with a grateful heart and see the multiplier, multiply things in our life so we can find the value that he has. Let's, let's, let's give big. Let's stay grateful because our value is not on the things. Our value is on Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.